Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant's Stick to Sports podcast. My name is Matt Timonini on Stick to Sports. We do talk about Ohio State athletics, but more often than not, we avoid the X's nose of said sports and dive into what is going on around the periphery of the games, as well as whatever else is keeping us occupied and entertained in between. As always, I am joined by Land Grant Podcast Network's West Coast Bureau Chief Jamie Urich. Jamie, it's the most wonderful time of year. It's college football season yet again. Yes, it is. The time is now. You are our West Coast editor, but you are in the Big Ten hotspot of Los Angeles. It's kind of weird to think that in a year from now, you are going to be within a couple miles of two different Big Ten schools, which is weird. And I'm sure we'll talk about that throughout the season and getting into 2024. But we are here to kind of just break down our levels of excitement for the Ohio State football season. What our expectations are coming in to what should be a pretty important season for the history of Ohio State football. Not only do they are they coming off of two of the best quarterbacks in program history, arguably the two best quarterbacks in Ohio State history, but really it's a time where a lot of fans are expecting big things from both Ryan Day and defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, and we'll have to see if that actually happens. So, Jamie, I know how much you love college football. It's kind of just a given for anybody who is an Ohio State alum, but what does this time of year mean for you as a human being outside of just like the sports side of it? Well, so I'm, I'm all like fall is my, is my peak time. Um, I am in addition to being a diehard Buckeyes fan, I am a diehard Chicago Cubs fan and fall baseball is the best baseball. I am- Can we not, t- I'm, a, I'm a Reds fan. Can we not talk about how things are going in the NL central right now? The Reds are in it. We've got four games this weekend. It's going to be, it could be messy. The Reds could be on top by the end of the weekend. It could, but they've been really bad since the trade deadline. Like they're, they're not doing what they want. We're recording on Wednesday. Not been great. Not been great for the old red legs lately. Fall baseball just, oh, it's the best. It's so magic. And you get college football and you get the best weather, the crippling heat of Los Angeles finally gives way to something resembling, I don't know, late spring that feels like (laughs) fall out here and we get spooky season. So fall is like, I reach my peak as a human. And I feel like the first week of college football for me is like 
the only way I can explain it is like the the people who start listening to Christmas music. Oh yeah. Before Thanksgiving, like th- that's what week one. That like what Christmas means to those people. Week one of college football means to me. I am anticipating the rest of the season like excitedly. Now I'm kind of thinking I want to make myself like a college football. I don't know. It wouldn't be an advent calendar, but like a college football equivalent <laughs> where I get to just like have a little I like treat that. Saturday. I like that. What would the treats be? Um, I don't know. Like the problem is like, I think in Columbus, I would have said a little like drink of some kind, but I'm not drinking alcohol at 9 a.m. when OSU starts their games often on the West Coast. Why not? That's too early. It's too early in the morning. I got to have my coffee. Maybe like a little coffee cup for those, a little coffee sample for those days. But I don't know, like a snack, like a game day snack of some kind. Yeah, that's good. The other thing about this time of year for you, especially, is not only is it spooky season or getting to a spooky season, I also feel like it's Nora Ephron season. Like it just feels and I you would know better than I would. But I just feel like every Nora Ephron movie is set in the fall because everyone has really nice sweaters on. Oh, yeah, it is absolutely Nora Ephron season. Although I live every day like I'm living in a Nora Ephron season. So (laughs) nothing really changes for me except that the wardrobe like is kind of channeling more of like 19 late 80s Meg Ryan chunky sweaters. But yeah, just there's something about the fall that feels so magical. And college football is such a big part of it. Just a real quick tangent. Do you are you a Bears fan as well? Obviously, I sure am. It's so tragic. Well, I mean, Justin Fields going to turn that whole thing around. But I ask <laughs> because the Fans First Sports Network, which we are coming to you on right now, has an unbelievable contest for any football fan, whether you're really an NFL fan or not. But the Fans First Sports Network is giving away four free tickets to the Week One NFL game of your choice, up to five thousand dollars and what's great is you don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops you don't have to share it on social media you don't have to get like 10 likes and follow a bunch of random accounts all you have to do is go to contest.fansfirstsports.com put in your email address and then you will be entered to win four free tickets to any week one nfl game the contest ends on September 4th, so make sure you go to contest.fansfirstsports.com and enter before time runs out. You can even do it while you are listening to us. You don't even really need to pause. You can just keep playing, go to the browser on your phone, type in contest.fansfirstsports.com and enter to win. We're heading into a season of a lot of changes and a lot of expectations for Ohio State. They come in predicted by a a lot of experts, including Stuart Mandel from The Athletic, who I had on the podcast earlier this week, to finish third in the Big Ten East. It has been a long time since something like that has happened. Jamie, as you look at this team, what are your legitimate scarlet and gray colored glasses taken off expectations for a team that is breaking in a new starting quarterback, has a a reassembled, mishmash kind of offensive line, and really had a defense that made improvements in 2022, but 
more or less let them down in the two biggest games of their entire season down the stretch against Michigan and Georgia. I I think that like there are a couple of things that I've got my eye on in this first week. Um, I am really interested to see how the defense shakes out. Um, I think that we've got a lot of guys who are back from being injured who are certainly worth paying attention to. We're more um, balanced than we were last season. Now that we've got some people back, um, I'm really, really curious to see how Jack Sawyer looks going into this season. They've been Um, hyping him up a lot the last few weeks. They've been really hyping him up. And, you know, he came to OSU as a five-star recruit. He didn't quite live up to the hype, but he was not playing in the position that he is like the most comfortable in or feels the most natural in. So I think that we could really see him like kind of solidify his spot in a breakout year this year. And um, Saturday is a really good opportunity for him to kind of show off what he can do against um, Indiana. I think that the quarterback piece makes me nervous oh really yeah does it not make you nervous no not at all i'm not nervous in the least about quarterback that's so funny like so we have i mean we have so much firepower with our receiving core we've got a really solid running setup so i don't know that the quarterback is gonna have to do the heavy lifting that they have in the past couple years but i do it does worry me. And I think it worries me more. Yeah, it worries me a little bit. It's not that it. it it's what not is it I, about it? Is it about the fact like there there wasn't a guy? So like you feel like, well, maybe neither of them are ready to, to be the starter. Or is it that you just don't think either of these guys are the guy? Or is it like the unknown? What is it about it that makes I you nervous? I think it's the unknown. Like I'm a little bit of a not, not a little bit. I'm a lot of bit of a control freak. And so. Yeah. I think that that being just kind of a question mark until a couple of days ago, but also like is still sort of a question mark makes me a little uneasy. And with that said, Ryan day, I think has proven himself as far as developing the position. Um, And so I think he deserves a chance to show that the guy that ends up like starting for us all season is totally capable like Ryan Day has earned the benefit of the doubt there, but I also don't know that any of our options are like Heisman finalists, you know, sure. like, yeah. and I think that makes me nervous with that said, like Marv probably is Marvin Harrison jr. So maybe it doesn't matter because that, maybe it- that's it. That's it for me is I don't think it matters. Stetson Bennett, I think was a very good quarterback and it was not appreciated as much as he should have been for what he could actually do. But he wasn't great. He wasn't as good as Justin Fields, obviously, because Justin Fields, uh, they kept him and, and shipped Setson Bennett off to a Juco in Georgia. He was not as good as, as CJ Stroud either. But I don't think he has to be. I think because of how dynamic the offense is, both at wide receiver and running back, 
if the offensive line can hold up a little bit, I don't think that either quarterback, whether it's Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, has to be elite. I don't think you have to be a great quarterback to win in college football. You have to make the right decisions. And that is everything that Ryan Day and Jim Knowles in his press conference on Tuesday said about uh, uh, about Kyle McCord, said he makes the right decisions. It kind of felt like this battle has come down to Kyle McCord, who is very good, was a five-star quarterback coming into college, but is a little more safe and experienced than Devin Brown, also a five-star, depending on your recruiting service, but a little bit younger, not as experienced, doesn't have all of the knowledge, and might be a little looser with the ball. So if you're giving me the choice between those two guys, I'm very comfortable going with maybe a slightly lesser athlete who is going to get the ball to the right place and not turn it over as much. And I'm just fine with letting Marv and Emeka and Julian and Carnell and Travion and Mayan and Chip and Evan and, and Cade do the heavy lifting on offense. So I'm okay with it. Like I just, I, maybe it's, maybe it's, I'm a little more optimistic about the defense than I have been in recent years that I just don't think you need a stud to win either in the big 10 or in the national championship. Cause we've, we've seen it the last couple of years. I don't think Stetson Bennett is a stud. I think he's a very good college quarterback, which I think Kyle McCord can be, but he's not a Heisman trophy guy as far as I'm concerned. And I'm okay with that. You mean McCord or Stetson Bennett or both? Well, I mean, either really, I mean, I don't think either, you know, I know Stetson Bennett got invited or whatever, which was okay, whatever. Um, but like, I'm okay with McCord not being a Heisman Trophy finalist. Like, I don't think he has to be. I, I think as long as he is doing the things that he needs to do to get the ball in the hands of the playmakers, that's it. That's all I need. I don't need anything else from him. That's very fair. And I, you know, I, I do agree with you. I think I feel much more settled with where our defense stands this season. I think we've got a lot of returners. That extra year of experience under your belt, like, it sounds so reductive, but like it really does matter. And so I, I think that that's something that is going to make a difference. And, you know, like we've seen them struggle a little bit with shutting down those like really explosive big plays, like kind of down the stretch. But I think the experience that they have, they're going to be a lot more efficient. And again, like I said, we've got a lot of guys who were injured or weren't quite at, at top notch last year who seem to be heading into this week. So if we can keep our team healthy, which is a, you know, that's the, that is a key. Like we got to have everyone healthy this season. Yeah. And nobody is ever going to make it through an entire season with all of their best players completely uninjured. It's college football. After you take your first hit, pretty much you're going to be injured for the rest of the season, but it certainly is the degrees. And last year, the degree was staggering for Ohio State in terms of important players being injured, aside from yeah. CJ Stroud, who made it through mostly uh, healthy. Everybody else seemed to be battling stuff. So let's look at the look at the team here. And if you had to go on either offense or defense and pick one player who you think is going to surprise people the most, obviously, I think at this point, anybody who is following the team super well knows all the players, even the younger ones who have an opportunity to really contribute. But for the casual fan, somebody who might surprise them at how important they are to the team this year, who would that be? I got to go Jordan Hancock. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, um, cornerback Jordan Hancock. He is fully recovered from his hamstring injury. Um, he He's in top form. And, you know, I think that, like, when you've got him and Denzel Burke 
who's the other starting corner. I just, I think that this opens up a lot of potential for the defense to really utilize like blitz packages, defensive schemes that they haven't quite like Knowles knows how to use them and establish them, but they just haven't quite had the like chess pieces there to do it effectively. Um, and so I think Hancock is, is the playmaker that makes the difference in that. Um, I don't, you know, it's like, you don't want to pin all your hopes and dreams on one guy, but like he is good enough to be the difference between like a really solid defense and like a really great stellar kind of talked about defense. Like he's got all the intangibles. Um, he's super explosive. He is not threatened by other guys on the team. Like he's playing to play with his team. And I think that he's driven by competition. He seems to really want to be better. I just, I think like he's the guy who's going to show up as a playmaker and really step up to the plate here. The the defense certainly needs better cornerback play than it had last year. I, I think the cornerbacks were the weakest spot of the entire team in 2022. But with Denzel Burke and Jordan Hancock back healthy, we expected them both to be really good last year. We thought after Denzel Burke had a great true freshman year in 2021 that he would be an all big 10 first team level corner last year. And he just wasn't, he dealt with injuries. Jordan Hancock's really debilitated him throughout the entire season to where I think the expectations were fairly similar for him last year, but I do think they're fair to have for this year as well. They're going to be joined in what seems to be something like a, a three corner rotation with transfer Davis and Igbignosen. So we'll see how that breaks down. But if you have three cornerbacks out there who can, can line up with pretty much any wide receiver that the other team throws at you, especially in the Big Ten when they're usually not two, three deep at wide receiver, other than unless you're Ohio State. Uh, Maryland uh, has some some pretty good wide receivers as well, but usually, you know, you don't have to do that. So I, I agree with you. I think the defensive uh, secondary as a whole, but especially the cornerbacks, is going to be good. And I, I would love to see Jordan Hancock kind of move into that spot where we thought he might last year. Finally, now that he's healthy. Totally. Yeah. I, you know, I think we need that at cornerback. That was a, that was like you said, like a huge gap that we just need to uh, take care of if we're, if the defense is going to hold their own against some of these really tough teams that we have to play this season. Yeah. The schedule's rough. The the schedule is, is I think it's currently rated as the 18th toughest schedule in the country. And it's a bear. Like not only do you have to go on the road to, South Bend for the fourth game of the season. You're also playing Penn State and Michigan, obviously, in the East, as always. But you've got, as crossovers, Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Like, you don't get Iowa, but you get everyone else who's pretty good on the West. Maybe not Illinois, but, like, you've got a lot of really good teams that you're facing. And I even think, like, Western Kentucky in Week 3, Western Kentucky's not going to beat Ohio State but that's one of the most prolific offenses in college football. You're going to see a lot of a lot of yards and probably a decent amount of points from Western Kentucky depending on what Ohio State's defense looks like. So like this is a tough schedule to navigate and I'm still probably going to end up predicting Ohio State to win every single game like 100 to 0. But there's legitimately a shot that Ohio State could lose three games for the first time in I mean other than I mean it'll be the first time since the Luke Fickle interim year, but before that like I think it's like 2005 since the last time they lost three games, but or three regular season games. So it's uh it's tough. Like I, I'm looking forward to it because I think it'll be a lot of fun competitive games. But 
I'm also a little bit nervous about the fact that it means Ohio State could lose more games than we're used to. Totally. And like to add to that, I mean, like you just said, Maryland's got like a great receiver core. So yeah, Tualia coming back as well at quarterback. Yeah, like we've got Maryland. Like, yeah, the oh, the Buckeyes should win that. But like, you cannot look past Maryland this year. We've got Wisconsin on the road, which is actually the game that is the most concerning to me of every game on the schedule. Yeah, it's brutal. It is a brutal season. And if we come out on top, that's awesome. And it worries me because the schedule is so hard. Like, how banged up are we going to be? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a really good point, because when you're facing any Big Ten schedule, chances are that you're going to get nicks and scrapes in and in, in injuries throughout the year. But when you play a, a schedule that is loaded with this many quality teams, not only are they just like they might be more physical or, or tougher, but it usually means that you have to play your starters longer. And that's one of the things that I've really had a problem with Ryan Day on is how long he keeps his his ones in the game far beyond when they actually have to be there. And here in games where they might be going down to the wire more than they're used to in years past, it does just increase the chance of some of your better players and most important players getting, getting injured again. So, all right, now you've made me, you've made me nervous, Jamie. I I don't like that. I don't appreciate it. Um, So tell me, tell me something that I should be looking forward to that can make my uh, spirits rise a little bit more for the season. I think we are going to beat Penn State. And I think that everyone who says that Penn State is going to finish ahead of OSU, I listen, I don't think we should be looking past Penn State. I think we're going to be bruised and battered, but I think we're going to walk away with that win. I feel pretty good about that. And I think that that, to me, is is uh, keeping me going. Obviously, winning against Michigan is the most important thing on a regular season schedule for any Ohio State team. But I've written about this in the past. Like, I hate Penn State more than I hate Michigan. Like, that doesn't mean that I want to beat Penn State more than I want to beat Michigan. There's different reasons to want to win specific games. But, like, I just don't like them at all. It goes back decades. There's just something about the nits that just bugs me. It's, you know, both Penn State and Michigan have kind of this holier than thou attitude when they don't really deserve it. Neither does Ohio State by any means. But like they have this like the I'm better than you mentality, both from the football and the academic standpoint. And I'm just like, I don't I I, I don't like it. I'm, I'm over it. I don't I don't want to listen to it. So if you can guarantee me that Ohio State is going to beat Penn State, I will be happy with almost every year. And then I'll, I guess I'll take my chances with Michigan. But obviously you want to win both of those games. And if Ohio State wants to get to where it needs to be to meet its goals, which it hasn't done in the last few seasons, you got to beat both of those teams. But you certainly cannot lose to Penn State. We saw them lose to Michigan last year and come within a field goal, essentially, of winning the national championship. So you can lose to Michigan, I guess, but you really can't lose to Penn State. Yeah, like, listen, under no circumstances do I want to lose to Michigan. I don't want it. I I want that victory. I want that victory of in course. Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm hungry for it. But I don't think that a loss to Michigan absolutely annihilates our playoff chances if we have, like, won out up to that point and it's a close game. And so 
I, the game that concerns me more, if like, if, if someone was like, you must choose what, like you will be a one loss team and you must choose your loss. It's not going to be Penn state because I think that does more to hurt our playoff chances. And so if you were like, you know, if, if I'm in the situation of like, would you rather, I would rather take the loss that allows me to still have a postseason. <laughs> and I think that that would be Michigan. Yeah, I think you're right. And that is not to say that I want to lose to Michigan. It's just like, no. you know, all if, if things, if I can't have my way a hundred percent of the way, I want the thing that does the least damage to the season on the whole. And I think losing to Penn state ruins our playoff chances, but I don't think a loss to Michigan does. Yeah, I agree. All right, give me a score prediction for the Ohio State-Indiana game on Saturday. I'm going to go 35-14 Buckeyes. What, what's the major storyline here? What, what do we learn the most uh, coming out of this game? Well, I mean, for me, it's, it's quarterback. Do we have to be worried, or is Kyle McCord and or Devin Brown like steady enough to just kind of like do what they need to do, you know, like kind of what we talked about, like, can they lean on the receivers and the running backs to do all the heavy lifting? Or like, do we actually have a problem? And I'm hoping it's the former. And it's just like, these are just going to be two pretty steady, not Heisman finalists who can get still get the job done. And really, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Um, but I do think that this, this answers those questions. And I, I guess to like the, the defensive side, just seeing whether we've closed some of those gaps, like are, is the secondary where it needs to be um are the corners ready to fill that gap in the position as everyone fully healthy and, and ready to go so those are kind of i think the two big ones for me that's fair i think that's very fair i am going to go a little bit bigger spread i'm going to go 53 to 13 i think this is the first game of what will be a potentially historic Ohio State defensive performance. Not necessarily like this is the best defense in Ohio State history, but I think in terms of like the turnaround and the the improvement, not only on the field, but just like the perception nationally for this defense, I think that there are just so many studs at every level that it's going to be tough to for, for even the worst defensive coaches to screw this up. And I do not think Jim Knowles is the worst defensive coach. I am a little worried about depth in some positions, um, but I feel like when you've got guys like JT Tuimaloel, Mike Hall, Jack Sawyer yeah. online, the linebackers are going to be solid steel chambers and Tommy Eichenberg, and, and hopefully they are able to rotate CJ Hicks in a little bit. But I think the secondary is is really good. You're going to put I, – I just can't imagine Sonny Styles coming off the field very much. Lathan Ransom looked really good for about three quarters of the season last year and faded down the stretch. If he can kind of smooth that out and not hit a wall late in the season – I think that's pretty good. We don't know yet who's going to play that third safety spot, but I, I'm starting to think that Malik Hartford is going to take that spot, which is kind of exciting to have a, a, a freshman jumping into that position. And then we've talked about the cornerbacks. I think they're they're in a position to really do well. So I really think that Ohio State is, is going to be a much more balanced offensive defensive team this year than it has been. I mean, I guess 2019 was a was a really good defense as well. So, but but other than that, since since Ryan Day got to Columbus, I think it's we've we've reasonably considered them an offensive first team. But I think Ohio State is going to win some games this year because of defense, and we're going to see that on display in Bloomington on Saturday 
with Ohio State winning 53 to 13. I think that that's actually, I think that's a fair prediction. All right. I'm probably not going to get it right because I almost always get these wrong, but we'll see. All right. So, Jamie, here on Stick to Sports, we wrap up with a recommendation. There are certain things that we will not be recommending as not to, uh, not that we are union members, but we're not going to cross certain picket lines uh, right now. So, we're going to make some recommendations, but not necessarily the things that you and I would normally recommend because you are a movie buff. I'm a avid TV watcher. But we're not going to recommend those things. We're going to go outside of our normal comfort zone. So what are you recommending for folks this week? Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of reading. Um, A friend of mine sent me a book called Girls Like Us, and it is written by Sheila Weller. uh, And it tracks, it is the kind of a biography of three different people, but it's Carol King, Joni Mitchell, and Carly Simon. And it charts their lives and how their music has sort of become the soundtrack of a generation and how the fact that they were women in an industry that had been like heavily dominated by men gave rise to these kind of three powerhouse women at like the right moment in time. So it was like, what were all the things that allowed us to have all three of them at the same time? Um, And it is so well written and so fascinating and looks really at like, why these women are so beloved and are still their music is so enduring and tells you about, you know, their history as individuals and also like sets the setting and the the tone for the period of time at which they rose to fame and how that happened and sort of all of the like kind of lightning in a bottle moments that needed to to happen. All right. One more time. What's the name of the book and who's the author? It's called Girls Like Us. And then there is kind of like a subtitle, but if you Google just Girls Like Us, the author is Sheila Weller and it will come up. But the subtitle is just Carol King, Joni Mitchell and Carly Simon and the journey of a generation. Love that. I'm going to stick kind of in the same realm. I'm going to talk about a very popular female artist of popular music, but from a much different decade and in a much different form. I'm going to talk about one of the most enjoyable times that I've had in a theater in a long time, and you only have a few more days to take it in. And I'm going to talk about the Broadway musical Once Upon a One More Time, which takes the music of Britney Spears and puts it into a very modern take on some fairy tale characters. It's not a perfect show. I don't even know if it's a great show, but it's a fun show. The cast is tremendous. It is closing this Sunday on September 3rd. It makes me very sad. I think that this show is It should have been a hit, and I feel like the marketing team and some of the other producing decisions have really let this down because the show is tremendous. The cast is great. Justin Guarini from American Idol fan is one of the stars. He plays Prince Charming. Brigga Heelan, who you might have seen on a number of TV shows, including Undateable, Ground Floor, and um, Great News, uh, which was a sitcom on NBC. Like She's very charming in this show. No pun intended with the Prince Charming thing there. But... um, it's a lot of fun. I've seen it three times on Broadway and it just started performances back in May. So I I love it. It's going to close this week and I'm very sad about that. Hopefully it gets a chance to tour and I hope it gets a cast album. They haven't announced anything about a cast album, which doesn't bode well for the future of something like that. But if you have a chance, if you're in and around New York City, head over to the Marriott Marquis Theater before the show closes up on Sunday. All 
right, that's all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant's Stick to Sports Podcast. If you are finding this episode on our website, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your daily dose of podcasting goodness. And if you like our particular approach to Ohio State coverage, please leave us a rating and review. You can follow the Land Grant Podcast Network on Twitter at Land Grant Pods. You can follow the website at Land Grant 33. You can follow me at BWW Matt. Jamie, where can people find you? You can find me on um, Twitter. I will call it Twitter until yes. I am no longer legally allowed to do so. Um, <laughs> and Blue Sky at, at Jamie Yurich or jamieyurich.bluesky. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the invite for that as well. I appreciate that. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah. Um, All right. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.